Hello and welcome to Easy Operations. This is a new podcast with myself, Ron, James, and Mondo. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about our podcast, why we call it this, and who we are, just to give you a little bit of background. So we chose to call this Easy Operations for two reasons. Number one, I'm a big fan of easy mode in games. You know, I'm an adult. I don't have time to be putting in 40 hours, and I like to get to the end of my games. So there's no shame in easy mode, guys. Just use it. Don't feel bad about it and just enjoy the games and you want to get to the end of it. That's that's why we buy these games, just to pass it to see the end, not to just leave it halfway because it's some hard game that's just too difficult. So and then the other half is for easy operation. So that's a reference to an old Capcom game. I think it was Capcom versus SMK, uh, Easy Operations, and which basically it made the control inputs for a couple of super moves a little bit easier, you know, on the same easy mode kind of uh thought line here and it's a reference to fighting games because we love those as well and we all grew up with those so uh let's introduce you to a little bit of the hosts uh i'm ron i like to play mostly single player games i'm a huge destiny fan i love zelda i've been a zelda fan ever since i was a kid and i love games like fallout so usually you'll find me playing mostly single player games and next is going to be james james say hi and tell us a little bit what kind of games you like What's going on? This is James. Uh, I'm more into a competitive uh, multiplayer type of person. I uh, enjoy anything online related, so uh, to your Halos, to fighting games, anything that requires either teamwork and competitive play. Uh, I'm a pretty competitive guy, even sports. Uh, that's my jam, yo. Sports, RPGs, shooters, anything. And uh, I'm uh, open to playing games a little bit above easy on this podcast. Just that's fine. It's not for everyone. No problem. And uh, Mondo, tell us a little about yourself and what kind of games you like. Hey guys, I'm Mondo. I uh, enjoy fighting games and the Easy Operations came from Tatsunoku versus Capcom. Just uh, a little reference there. No, 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 no. I'm going to cut you off right there. Oh, yeah. That was an older game, or I'm sorry, a more recent game, and it originated on Capcom versus SNK. Am I right, James? On Xbox as well. Original ah, Xbox. see, there we go. So, see, guys, we are always yeah, learning no, something No, here, no, no. We're giving you real news, not fake news, okay? There we go. There we go. So, we <laughs> like to have fun. I'd like to have fun. Uh, mostly into fighting games, as I said. Uh, RPGs, currently playing Final Fantasy XV. Uh, did try out Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is an amazing game, and we'll tap into that a little bit later on in the uh, podcast here. But just, you know, I like to dab in a little bit of everything. I'm very competitive somewhat. Uh, you guys know me as the Rager because, you know, love Destiny as well, just like Ron. And there are some times where Bungie just doesn't give out any love to uh, Mondonium when I'm playing. All right, and both of you guys are kind of into streaming a little bit. Uh, go ahead and plug uh, your your streaming channels just in case people want to follow you on there. Uh, James, you Okay, cool. uh, I'll, I'll go just, first. I'll introduce it, actually, and then yeah. you guys you can just follow it from it. Uh, I recently transitioned over from Twitch to uh, Beam. I believe Mondo has as well. We have our Easy Operations Beam on there. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to follow that, so I'm going to leave that to Mondo uh, for specifically that team uh, stream concept, which is pretty awesome, by the way. Um, yeah, just like James said, if you go to beam.pro um, backslash Easy Operations, you'll find us there. You'll find uh, James as Chronic EFX. Um, there on Mondonium 24, and we have our friend uh, Mike, who's also Nemesis. And we're just there, guys, to uh, enjoy the game. That way you can see us play. It's uh, very interactive. That's one of the reasons we 
transitioned over to Beam, it's very interactive and it's uh, up to the date. So if you guys chat with us, we will respond in kind. And if you want us to do something, heck, we'll go ahead and do it. You know, it's uh, basically your stream. We're streaming for you. So let the good times roll. Well, I'm not set up on that. I still need to figure it out. Uh, I don't understand why you guys are leaving Twitch, but Beam seems to be the way of the future. Uh, it appears that the new Xbox dashboard has used that as a default. So, you know, we can go ahead and uh, figure that out a little bit later. But uh, Sorry about that, kids. No, no problem. Uh, but for now, let's get into some games that we are playing. Uh, we want to start out with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, now, we're going to come up from different perspectives here. Now, Mondo only played it for a couple of hours, and he can probably start us off in a little bit. Uh, I am playing it on Wii U. I did not want to buy a Switch. I'd like to wait a bit, see how – if the price comes down, see if any other limited edition consoles come out. I like to kind of buy uh, consoles that are in different colors and things like that. So I'm playing it on Wii U, and then James is playing it on Switch. So we each will have a different perspective on it. So Mondo, since you've kind of played it the least, why don't you kind of give us your initial impressions about it, and, and how long did you play it for? Uh, mine was really blown. Uh, <laughs> I went over to James's. Uh place last week and you know sat down uh introduced me to the uh, switch there i was doing the mobile so i was doing the little handheld for a while i didn't realize i was on the handheld for about two hours and you know i was doing the first uh what do they call those the uh the dungeons the shrines the shrines there we go uh doing the shrines and it was just kind of uh really easy i didn't need a guide for that which was whew one of those things where I'm it's like, a little okay. joke there seems like. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with the guide. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned that because uh, yeah. Ron is a notorious uh, guide user. And well, I mean, that, well, let know, me explain it. Let me explain it. Well, with the easy operations. Yeah, this is sense. easy operations in its finest form here. So you know, a lot of these shrines are puzzles, and sometimes they're hard. And you know what? Look, guys, I come home from work. I'm tired. I don't want to deal with all these puzzles, so I just look up the video on YouTube and I follow it. And and to me, you still have to carry it on and, and have the coordination to do it on your actual controller even though you have the solution in front of you. So to me, it still requires some bit of skill. Um, and Let me so, ask you uh, something yeah. before we're going on. Uh, just a quick question. Before you look up the guides or on a video tutorial on how to solve puzzles, do you at least try – one attempt on your own before looking up because it seems like some puzzles are so easy that's quicker just to do it rather than having to look it up wait for a video to load and then follow the instructions yeah i initially started out trying to do them on my own and then you're right the early ones certainly are much more straightforward and they're kind of teaching you the ropes on how to use the different abilities but as it started to get a little more advanced especially when you have to move things in a certain order and click off the lights and that's when I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want to deal with it. So at that point, I kind of started looking it up. Peak easy operations right there. That's easy there operations right there. Um, I'm on, also, sorry. For no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I transitioned into that. That was me. Um, also, the button scheme on the Xbox Switch, I'm so used to A and B on my Xbox One controller. That switched out, so it's the X and the Y, so it was... It was a bit confusing at times. Oh, that's but... terrible. It's the yeah. worst. I hate it. Same on the, on the Wii U version. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it should uh... be universal where it's like, hey, you know what? We're going to stick to this format. But then again, everybody wants to be creative. To well, be no, fair, apparently guys... it's a very Japanese thing. Right. Oh, I was really? going to say, to be fair, it was Jap- it's not only a Japanese thing. It's also 
technically they were first to come up with the scheme back in the Super Nintendo days. So technically they were the first. However, we're just so used to current modern generation that's uh, a little bit beyond Nintendo on Xbox and PlayStation that we got used to. Uh, the, the standardized to us, which is X, Y, and A, B, which makes more sense because it's in alphabetical order compared to Japan, where it's like backwards. I don't even know what it is, even off the top of my head. I think it's Y, X, B, A. Is that how well, it is? the, the idea is that the circle right is like confirming and the X means cancel, right? right? So when you think about it that way, it makes sense, but it's just logically from the closest button to you is the one that backs you out. Right, and visually too, because it'll pop up, it'll say like, oh, press A, you know, or to dodge or whatever, or... Uh, to pick up things, but your mind, I see B, and I'm pressing B Xbox style, and uh, it's like throwing the bomb instead of <laughs> like or throwing me to my death or getting me killed instead of uh, me naturally reacting. Uh, something to get used to. That's all. Yeah, yeah. They're a big open world, guys. Um, there's like you can do a lot in this game, and I just got lost in the whole like exploring, swimming, and just like James mentioned, where there's that. At times where I accidentally pressed the wrong button, I actually bombed myself, and I fell off a cliff, which was kind of hilarious. I wish there was a record uh, clip function in Zelda, because there's, there's a lot of funny moments, and it's just really great. Uh, from the handheld, we started playing on the uh, you know big screen TV. Lost more time. I was playing for another four hours, so in total, I played like almost six and a half hours worth of Zelda <laughs> on my first... My first nice. Mondo was uh, being a little brave. He tried uh, going right from the paraglider. Uh, uh, I know this is a little bit slight, mild spoiler, but in the beginning of Legend of Zelda, you mu- you have to do these tutorials, which gives you um, your skills. And at the end of that, you get a little paraglider. After that, it's truly open world, so you can go anywhere beyond that. Mondo uh, tried going right to the end boss. Uh, and failed uh, gloriously. <laughs> he didn't even get close to Ganon. Um, he, uh, just the regular Mabobklins or whatever they're called, Macoblins, were giving Mondo a tough time. That was really hilarious. Yeah, and apparently there's this walkthrough or speed run of this guy that passed the whole game in an hour. Um, and the new, I don't know if you uh, looked up recently, but uh, as of the new record, it's like 45 minutes. That's However, they're, they're supposedly kind of, I guess, quote unquote, cheating in the sense that they're using an amiibo to uh, spawn a uh, horse. Um, I, I, I don't know if you want to explain how Amiibos work in this game. Well, so yes, because uh, I, I have a great deal of experience with it. So uh, I ended up buying a bunch of Amiibos, not only for this game, but because I like them. And I'm like I mentioned before, I'm a huge Zelda fan. And they came out with the whole line just for Breath of the Wild. And there was one that's like the spider-looking one that's like the Guardian, Zelda on a – or Link on a horse – Link firing an arrow. You know what, guys? I ended up buying just about all of them. And, and in fact, I recently spent an extra 20 bucks to pick up the spider one. It's probably the biggest amiibo that there is. And they're all really awesome. So what they do – and it this is easy operation to the fullest here again because they end up giving you a ton of fish and meat. These are items that you would normally have to hunt that will give you like health and – really takes away a lot of the grinding because if it becomes a survival game if you don't have these things on you, right? So if you have not hunted, you're not going to have like food in your inventory if you get hurt to replenish your health. So it does that. It gives you weapons. It gives you some limited edition costumes, by the way, that you can only get from an amiibo. 
Right, I which saw something is, like that. They make you they make you look like different versions of Link. So you have one that makes you look like uh, Link to the uh, past, not Link to the past. I'm sorry, Wind Waker. They have one that looks like uh, Ocarina of Time, and then they have one that looks like uh, what's that last game, Twilight Princess. Yes. So uh, it's kind of cool, and you can only use those once per day. And then uh, the next day, you can start it up all over again. And some of them give you rupees. So the 8-bit Zelda – I'm sorry. The, I keep calling them Zelda. The 8-bit Link gives you rupees in barrels. And so that kind of solves one of my big issues with the game is that the, the rupee economy is just – you can hardly find any in the world. You have to really sell things rather than just find them in scattered in items. Right. And uh, before um – uh, I'm not sure if it was ever explained uh, as of yet, but in this game there is armor, armor sets, and uh, what Ron was referring to in terms of the exclusive gear. Um, I'm assuming they do they give any buffs or are they just visual? For the old classic Zelda stuff, it's just uh, visual. Okay, but they're not any higher armor, uh, for example, than you would normally get. Let's say based on. Uh, just the uh, ones you can collect in the world? No, not at all. In, in fact, it's actually just more cosmetic. The The stats are very low on them. Okay. Uh, well, Mondo, we're sorry we segued again, uh, which kind of leads to uh, what you were, uh, one of the mechanics that you were going to speak about was cooking. Is that right? Um, that is correct. Um, in my game, I, uh, <laughs> it took me a while to figure out that I have to burn the, uh, the pot <laughs> or the uh, little grill. I was just tossing random food and nothing was happening, so uh, that was on me. Sometimes I just do things without No, thinking. no, no, no. It's not on you. It's on the game because they don't explain that because I was throwing things into the flame myself and it just okay. was not coming out right. <laughs> and you have to find a, a specific pot. Otherwise, it's not considered cooking. So they don't, that's on the game. Well, it's, it's, it's very open, this game. They don't hold your hand. But the thing is they do tell you, however, you're going to have to look out for them. For example – first uh, cooking pot that I found was a little bit, it was still in that beginning tutorial, which is called the Great Plateau. Uh, in that cabin, which is next to the uh, pot, there is a book or something that you could just randomly read, and it'll tell you that, oh, you can build uh, or create food by mixing so-and-so-and-so. I think at that time it was uh, peppers and something to warm you up. Um, Correct. But you gotta, it's not apparent at first, but there is things around the world that you can pick up uh, that does display, explain things or at least give you uh, an idea of what you can make uh, or actually be even spe- uh, specific about it. It's like, oh, you can, if you mix this and this, it'll give you a specific thing that can possibly help you out later on. Yeah, I find myself mixing up uh, different types of uh, items because uh, you can hold up to five, basically, the link in his hands. Um, what I found kind of uh, discouraging is that I have three hearts and all my foods apparently were filling up five plus hearts so i was kind of like disappointed i'm like oh man i'm making these great meals you know <laughs> yeah it's almost like you're overcooking. uh right. the same thing happened to yeah. me and one thing that it doesn't let you do is combine multiple status effects so if something is going to make you resist cold and you want to combine it with something that's going to make you faster just walking around mm-hmm. you can't combine those and it often goes to waste so uh. you really have to focus how you cook so if you only wanted to give you one status effect you just have to put the the kind of food that's going to do that Right. I figure they did oh, that on purpose in a sense that you would be OP otherwise because they give you so much like food or just items in general throughout the whole game. I don't have I don't have an amiibo. I just use the Ryu and I barely use it every day. 
And I, I collected so much things. Uh, I'm sure Mondo can attest if you saw my inventory. Just, just a oh, ton, yeah. a ton of things. Um, and it's good to just. It's 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 interesting in the sense that like if you had that much, I guess you could technically make one that buffs your health uh, plus eight, and then uh, uh, attack up ten minutes, things like that, and then uh, shield your defense up ten minutes. If you were to stack that, that makes you a little too OP. I can see why they did that, where you can't stack them. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think overall, we all can say that we love this game. I didn't really see any huge differences on the Wii U version. Uh, but we got to get moving on to other games, guys. Uh, Final Fantasy XV. Uh, look, I haven't played this game, so I'm, I'm coming at it. I just want to hear you guys' perspective. What if I'm a guy that has not played Final Fantasy since twelve, and even that one I didn't finish? How am I going to like this game? Uh, Mondo, start us off with this. Uh, you might like it. It also has cooking. Um, and <laughs> in this game, yeah, you can stack up abilities. You might like that, where your resistance to cold, fire, and what is it? Ice? Yeah, cold, fire, and... Uh, oh, lightning, I'm sorry. So, um, this is pretty much a... It's really easy to get into. I would uh, really highly recommend paying attention to the tutorial, especially the one on Elementy, because that's uh, their version of, of magic spells. Now, honestly, I uh, started the game a few days ago. I think about actually about a week ago, and I started like you know late in the hour of the, in the evening, and there was a tutorial for the spells, and I kind of missed out on that because when I started playing the game officially, it took me about and I'm not lying about eight to ten hours to figure out how to create a spell. Uh, that's how bad it was for me uh, in regards to. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> because the uh, uh, it actually comes in handy. Uh, using those spells, and when you're uh, kind of in their version of their open world, which is a, a non-linear uh, RPG, and it's really great. The story is great. Uh, highly recommend watching the little mini uh, anime episodes. Thank you, James, for sending those links. Um, you just get more involved in the connection these characters have with Prince Noctis, who is the main character of the game, and you go around doing side quests, and you're picking up XP, only difference is that you don't receive your XP until you and your friends either go to a trailer, motel, kind of spend the night, basically, and you collect all your XP at the end of the night. Let me ask you a which question. Is, which is I, different. I haven't, uh, uh, I actually haven't played the game yet. I've just been watching Mondo on his streams. Um, but from outside looking in, do you not level up when you hit a specific XP limit, or how does that work exactly? It seems like, like you just mentioned, you have to bank it. Is that what's what it's going on, or? Yeah, you're you're banking your XP. Um, so say uh, in in the game itself, uh, you're playing, and you know it's there's like a little hourly glass there on the bottom. I believe it's on the bottom left hand corner, upper left hand corner. I'm sorry. And as the time goes by you have the option to rest your characters. When you quote-unquote rest your characters or spend the night, or you can actually go out camping, um, that's when you accumulate your XP. That's when you collect. So pretty much you are banking all your XP. You can actually bank your XP for about a few days, and then you can level up quicker that way. Hint, hint, if you kind of just want to do that, do a bunch of side missions before you get to the main story and uh, kind of give yourself a a little bit of a chance to beat some of these uh, enemies because uh, I notice if you're walking around at night it is the worst guys uh, you're seeing like these big creatures which they look phenomenal 
but at the same time, they're scary when you're, like, level 7, and they're, like, level 27, 37. I actually uh, bumped into a couple of monsters who were level 60, so I had to run away. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I ran into this issue when I tried out the demo, and I could not find – I did level up, but I could not find a place to camp, and I was very frustrated with that. It's like – Guys, I leveled up here. Uh, can I find a little campground? And it was like specific points. And apparently, based on the quality of your camp out, it will give you more experience. It's weird. Uh, that's correct. Uh, basically, on your uh, quality on where – it's actually depending on where you sleep apparently. Um, certain hotels are going to be really, really pricey. And they'll double your XP. Uh, I noticed that the uh, – like the uh, trailers, they'll do like 1.2 XP uh, boost, and I think regular moderate uh, hotels near a gas station, it'll be like 1.5, depending on, you know, like you said, Ron, uh, basically on the location. So yeah, it's just, uh, for me, I, I kind of don't like that because it's kind of hit or miss, and yes, the campgrounds are hard to find, but I do notice that if you talk to the uh, restaurant owners or anybody who is offering, you know, uh, meals with their menus. You can just talk to them, and depending on which side quests you've already complete, they'll give you information on resources, different campgrounds, outposts, uh, and different locations throughout the the region that they're in. So, let me ask a question um, from the outside looking in as well. I think what makes it or appeals to me, maybe to you as well, Ron, is that it's not traditional Final Fantasy in the sense that it's action based. So technically, from what it looks like, you can sort of mash your way through uh, the game. Is this is this how it is, Mondo? Is this, that would is be this good. pure action, or is there still a turn-based element? No, unfortunately, uh, for the purists out there, and there is no turn-based uh, <laughs> uh, action. It's all basically real-time action. Um, you're kind of running around. What I don't like is that when you are faced with... Uh, more than I want to say pretty much if you're looking on your screen and there's like more than I want to say four or five enemies like maybe eight plus um, it's really difficult to kind of lock on to certain enemies who are kind of locked on to you and they're shooting at you and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on it becomes it's like this uh, it's just like a like you're stuck in gridlock like you know you're trying to get out you're trying to focus on something else but you really can't so that's that, my, my is there, issues is on that, that. Would that be a thing that you're getting hit off screen, or is that a camera-related issue? It looks like uh, the... It looks like both, though, because it's a camera, and and there's some enemies who, like the Imperialists, uh, basically they are trying to hunt you down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have a lot of range attacks, and those guys are usually bothersome. But there are some creatures in the game that, that do that, too, where they'll have... Uh, you have two or three creatures there, and then there's one kind of like just doing nothing like across the screen, and it just kind of kind of hinders you. But then again, it's it's it, hopefully they can fix that. Uh, I really want to lock on to the closest enemy to me, or have the option. Maybe there is. Like I said, if maybe by playing the tutorial again, I can see it. Maybe there's like a maybe if I move the right thumbstick around, I can kind of focus on the next uh, enemy. And it'll make it easier. But so I got, check that I got two questions. Number one, 
do you actually like this game? Like we, I don't know that we've actually got an idea if oh. you're digging it. And number two, is there an easy mode? Seriously. Uh, no easy mode. I think it's easy in itself if you uh, understand the mechanics on uh, how to basically tackle this game by doing the side missions. And I do enjoy the game. Like I said, um, watching these uh, these little anime videos uh, in regards to Noctis, Claudius, Ignis, and Prompta, which are his buddies, um, there's a sense of uh, a bro connection, basically. And it's really, it's really such a fun game. I actually wrote a chocobo the other day, and that was fun. So I'm really enjoying the game. Uh, I'm actually going to take my time. Um, there is no easy <laughs> easy mode, so I'm kind of doing all the side quests. Uh, I kind of want to complete everything. I'm really digging the game. It's it's a lot of fun. I like it, and uh, I recommend if you guys got the time, you know, check it out. Okay. Uh, James, are you going to pick this game up? Did, did he convince you? Well, Mondo and I game share so what he has i have so i'm definitely gonna play it i've just been working on other games at the moment uh in between so right now i'm working on zelda uh completing that fully and i've been just doing little mini small games here and there my main game is always nba 2k uh that game i play every day um but right after i beat zelda i'm gonna work on probably final fantasy and uh, mass effect Okay, uh, sounds good. Mass Effect we may cover in a later episode. But for now, guys, let's go ahead and talk about Ghost Recon Wildlands. This is a stealth game. This is a strategy game. But look, here's the thing. People are crapping on this game. Look, uh, I didn't point this out in the intro, guys, but we are not game reviewers. We're just regular people. We're blue-collar guys. And we just play games because we like them. And the critics are really just kind of going off on this game. They say it's terrible. Now look, I will admit the storyline is completely forgettable. But when you get it with a bunch of co-op people and just kind of enjoy the world and mess around in it, it's a pretty fun game. Uh, James, what do you think? Uh, I agree. The the story is just there. Very simple. Uh, Actually pretty kind of weird at the same time America saves Bolivia or something like that from the cartel that's over there but I agree the story is passable at best but the you know what makes this game kind of what makes it fun is that uh, the co-op aspect of it with your bros um, three other players or however many uh, you could tackle any situation any way you want um, I kind of you know uh, considered as kind of like an open world uh, terrorist hunt uh, from Rainbow Six. Um, it's very dynamic in a sense that uh, you know every situation can be tackled in a different way, and you have to work together based on you know what maybe skills that uh, our other teammates may have. So, for example, I'm usually Overwatch, so I'll send out a uh, drone, tag enemies, uh, and then cover from a sniper position, possibly from a rock or a mountain across the way while uh, uh, Ron and Amando here, uh, you know, sneak in and tag and bag him. Oh, what you about you, Wando? Are you digging this game? Um, I love it. Um, when we change the uh, difficulty to the highest setting, uh, it adds a different uh, element to the challenge. Um, no longer are we notified on our little mini hub, our little maps that, hey, you know, uh, this little orange indicator... You know, you got like uh, Santa, I believe it's a Santa 
what is it, James? Santa something? Santeria? I don't know. Look, I don't put it on easy. I'm sorry, on the extreme mode. I put it on normal. Guys, this is, I'm going off script in terms of the easy operation. But I, I'm fine with normal. I'm not trying to do all the high difficulty. I gave it a shot. I didn't like it. So <laughs> one thing that I don't like about this game is it's very much dependent on stealth. And so it gives you a ton of weapons. But if you don't use anything with silencer, you're completely, you know, ruining your strategy there. So it's just it really limits you to the choice of weapons you can do. Well, I, at least it's depending on the mission. Not every mission is like this, but majority of them, at least if it's not the type where instant fail. Uh, only some missions are like that where it has to be fully stealth. But at least in most cases, if uh, you know things go awry. Uh, we can just go guns blazing hot. It's not easy, but it's possible, which is kind of cool uh, aspect about it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I feel like it's more rewarding when it's uh, set at a higher difficulty because, uh, like you guys previously mentioned, uh, the communication factor when you're playing with friends uh, online and when you have a full squad, it just adds to the uh, element of communication. If somebody kind of messes up royally, which in, usually in that case, that's that's actually me where I kind of set off either an alarm or something. But there's a lot of interaction with friends. It, it's, it really engages you to communicate a lot. Um, and unfortunately, you don't get that when you're playing alone, when you're doing it as a single player. Because I found myself doing a side mission, and it was just the worst, where you're trying to protect this radio from heavy fire. So this radio is transmitting a anti, you know, uh, drug lord kind of propaganda where it's like trying to get everybody together so you can rise up but the three uh, AI they just kind of do their own thing and I kind of you know give them orders like hey guys you know hold this spot or you know hold it down here they end up walking around doing you know who knows what and I'm the last guy alive trying to secure this area and it just doesn't work out from what so, I uh, understand I have yet to ever play this game single player uh, no. <laughs> it's actually quite easy with the AI because I guess you can uh, there's a mechanic in there where you can sync up shots uh, and have the AI insta kill them uh, on the press of a button I guess I guess I can see where it's a little bit more tedious in that aspect when you're playing solo uh, in a sense it's, it's kind of easy I guess maybe too easy and it feels like you are noticing all the repetitiveness on it. But compared to uh, when we play it in co-op, it always feels a little different because we're all doing... Even though the missions and the, maybe the structure is the same, we're still tackling it in a different location. So we had to go into it in a different... You know, we have different avenues of uh, tackling the situation. Um, I have tried it out in uh, single player and it doesn't make it super easy because you only get a limited amount of those instant kills. Mm. And uh, they have to be in position sometimes. And if you want, like, it only maxes out at three people. And that third one, because I'm trying to get that now, requires a lot of uh, in-game resources to unlock. So I'm not quite there yet. So, And one of the things I haven't figured out yet is how do you unselect it? Because I've actually selected someone and I changed my mind on it. And, I, like, I go to shoot somebody else and then they're like, oh, carry out the order. And then it just raises an alarm because the, the body falls in the middle of the group there. So um, it's a bit problematic. The AI is not the smartest, but at least it can kind of teleport to where you are. And, you know, if you leave it on the standard difficulty, it's fine. But I can imagine if you put that on harder, it would just be unusable. And uh, what makes at least the game uh, – the core aspect of the game that also is, makes it fun um, – I'm not sure in single player, but in terms of co-op, is the gunplay is really good. Uh, for a third-person shooter, you know that's what makes or break 
uh, you know, any game, especially if it's going to be similar missions or uh, rinse and repeat type scenarios, at least the gunplay is great, which is the best part about it, in my opinion. Uh, I do agree with that. Um, only, uh, this may be like a, a downside, but I, I like doing this because uh, uh, I like the, for me, I like repetitive play. Um, if you're helping out a buddy here and there, it's a, uh, you know, if, uh, say, James is doing a, a certain mission or he's ahead in some of the campaign stuff, um, he can go then help us do previous campaign stuff so that way we can catch up and kind of, you know, go at his pace. I do like that aspect where you could join anybody's game um, and still do your own missions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that have already completed those missions will still get XP out of it. So it's a... Uh, it's you know it makes it even where you play in solo, um, you don't feel left behind. Yeah, All right. The, the aspects that, that make the game really totally great, where you don't feel left behind, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And overall, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, uh, my opinion uh, mm-hmm. is that you know it's an overall positive experience, especially with friends. So I would recommend it uh, solely uh, co-op. Yeah, I, I would agree. If you if you can't find this uh, with people that you're going to play with on a regular basis maybe you skip it um, but either way wait till it goes on sale I don't know if it's quite worth the full price at 60 I ended up getting it uh, for a 30 bucks I had some store credit but on to the next one guys uh, James you got the Nintendo Switch we were discussing it earlier uh, look I want some impressions here I'm, here's my question is are you running into these issues with some of the little controllers desyncing and and what's it like in terms of scratching a lot of people talk about they're buying screen protectors and it because it can get scuffed up when you put it in there what's it like uh, my personal experience I have yet to experience any sort of uh disconnection or I, I hear specifically with the left Joy-Con but to be honest I honestly haven't played too much in TV mode I would say 85% of my game time with the Switch has been on handheld and there's no uh, issues in regards to that aspect also in terms of the screen scratching aspect of it it seemed like it was a, a kind of a buzz before pre-release so I've been kind of being a little bit more careful uh, in terms of putting it in and out. I haven't experienced anything yet, but I was self-consciously already aware that there might be scratching, so I've been just being a little bit tender when pu- pulling it in and out of the dock. I'm not exactly sure what would be scratching it. I looked in there. Um, there is a very, very, very small line of, like, uh, I guess padding or rubber, it looks like. Um, and I'm not sure. You know, I haven't experienced anything yet, but so far... Uh, I haven't experienced any of those issues as of yet. Yeah, and apparently if you're going to put it in backwards, like not that you would do it on purpose, but if people do it on accident, it, you may run into that issue as well. Mondo. I can see that. I can see that happening. Um, that's very you know weird for you to put it backwards. It was pretty apparent which should go in front, but I can see it scratching definitely if you put it backwards. Mondo, what did you think of it? You, you had some time with it as well. Um, it was really different. Uh, I just felt like my fingers were kind of cramping up because the, the button layout... Um, kind of kind of close and unfortunately for me guys I, I do have uh, arthritis on my left hand so uh, I kind of felt a little bit of discomfort but uh, it was manageable it takes uh, a little bit of getting used to yeah. but I would say it's probably the best handheld device in terms of the, uh, the controller aspect it has full you know uh, full array of you know a full console buttons so you have the L and R uh, I guess on the Switch, it's the ZL and the L, um, as well as uh, dual analogs. And uh, I would say it's probably one of the, you know, it it's the best in terms of what we can possibly get in terms of a handheld, in terms of feel. Um, 
uh, in my opinion. And then the Joy-Cons, while small, it's surprisingly not uh, as small as you think it is in your hand when you're using it, it's when it's especially detached from the system itself. The system comes with a little bit of a this little grip that you can place the Joy-Cons into whenever you play on TV. And it feels just almost almost like a regular, uh, uh, let's say, a 360 controller. However, the buttons are a little small. I would say it's probably um, maybe Vita or PSP size in terms of the actual buttons. Another thing, too, is the D-pad itself. There's, it's actually not a D-pad. It's like buttons, um, which is a little awkward at first. It doesn't really bother me in terms of playing Zelda or most games so far, but I'm assuming it would probably take effect for games... Uh, like fighters or anything that requires precision, um, you know, inputs on terms of the D-pad aspect. Uh, but overall, I'm very positive. Uh, I have a very positive, in terms of my life of usage for it. I can, you know, uh, watch TV and then, you know, occasionally play Zelda on the go or do kind of like multitask at the same time. I bring it to work. Um, just recently, this past weekend, I went to a trip on Mammoth and I wasn't driving, so I was able to play Zelda on the whole way. It's a long drive. It's about five hours. And uh, what's kind of cool about the system is that the Joy-Cons that come with it double as a single controller per side. So some games uh, supported. The ones that I had were um, called Puyo Puyo Tetris and a game called Snipper Clips, which is a co-op puzzle game. And all they do is you, you use each individual controller as a separate one. So it's kind of cool that you can have a on-the-go multiplayer device as well without having someone else to bring a controller. Well, you mentioned precision on the controller. Um, mm-hmm. Do you plan on getting one of these uh, pro controllers? And if so, what do you think of that $70 price tag? Oof, it's very expensive. Uh, I would like one one day, but I can manage with uh, Joy-Cons for now. Maybe something down the line later where a game requires extreme precision. Uh, The only thing I am experiencing where it's not as... uh, I know it could be a lot more precise in terms of playing Zelda is the right analog... um, it's a little bit more sensitive because it's not sticking up as high, so my precision aiming is a little, it's not as good as it can be. But I would like one one day, but that's like Nintendo devices, or I'm sorry, the accessories are too expensive in my opinion. I, I can wait for them to go down, or third-party uh, devices to come out. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. But in overall, I, I'm in love with my Switch. I know it's flaws, uh, but for me personally, it's great. The only thing I, I, you know, my wish list for it is to have a complete online system. As of right now, it's bare bones at best there's no apps on the actual device other than playing games uh you can see friends online but you can't interact with them uh there is also um no virtual console uh which i'm hoping they would bring uh, in the future as well uh which i hear they're going to do once they roll out the full internet features at least uh, the multiplayer is free at the moment so just recently i played splatoon and it didn't require me to pay or anything like that it was just part of the free service until the end of summer whenever they got their online system running overall i recommend it um if you're if if, especially for people that have zelda like you ron i wouldn't at the moment because you got nothing to play until uh, i would say late summer or end of the year yeah and i wouldn't hold my breath for that online stuff nintendo is pretty shaky when it comes to that sort of thing (laughs) right right. you know what surprisingly on splatoon it was uh even on wi-fi on portable it was uh relatively lag free I'm surprised in terms of the back-end side of things, but in terms of the online features, it's still a wash. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, well, on to our next segment, gaming news. Guys, Destiny yes. 2. Yes. Destiny 2. Why, why can't you call it? Take 6, bro. Take 6. <laughs> or D- 
detustiny. Uh, <laughs> what I don't get is, isn't it? It's, uh, well, hold on. Let me set it up. Okay, set it up. Okay, you go ahead. Okay, for those that don't know, there was a teaser trailer announced. It was about a minute and a half or something like that. Minute and 18. A minute 18. There you go. Mondo watched it numerous times. And it was basically just kind of set up the vibe and the storyline for Destiny 2. And really to confirm its existence because there had been some leaked – uh, reports from uh, some Italian uh, store that leaked out a poster, and they need to get out in front of it. And at the same time, it actually uh, confirmed that the full reveal trailer will be on March 30th, so in a couple of days from when we record this. But for now, let's go ahead and speculate and wish list on what we want in the Destiny 2. Mondo, start us off. Oh, uh, one of my you know, uh, biggest wishes that I got out of that teaser trailer was the I hope that these uh, characters like uh, Zavala, um, you know, Kate Six, uh, they'll be, you know, like NPCs that actually help you out in the battlefield, you know, kind of giving you assists and uh, we'll see them in action because that's one of the main things. It's like they're there as cosmetics in the tower and this whole trailer, you know, just shows them, you know, shooting guns, shooting their weapons. And that's really, really cool. And, you know, Nathan Pilliam, who is the voice actor for Kate Six, just does an amazing job in that teaser trailer. And it just sets up a, sets up a lot of things for Destiny 2. So right now it's all speculation. We're all like, uh, you know, like a little little fat boy in a candy store. We just, we just want more, more, more. And uh, we're going to get our fill tomorrow, which is uh, March 30th. Okay. The actual reveal. For sure. And I'm excited. Uh, James, you are someone that kind of fell off very early onto Destiny 1. What's it going to take to really pull you back into Destiny 2? Well, uh, I am one of those that joined you guys on Vanilla Destiny and was super disappointed, especially a Bungie product um, after following up with Halo. Uh, my biggest problems at the time, which I'm assuming some things may have been fixed, um, was the lack of content. Um, I literally felt that when we played this together, uh, the initial content, we finished it in less than 10 hours, I would say, at most. And um, I wasn't down for the repetitive grind to do the end game stuff. Uh, at that time, they were very stingy with uh, leveling up on how uh, what gear you kind of needed. Um, it went to the point where people were looking at exploits or the, you know, the original loot cave. Uh, those things, it, it just wasn't there for me. Um, you know, I can't, you know, I, I put it down for a bit. I came back with Taken King and that was a lot better. Um, still not enough content for me, uh, to warrant that. I know they keep fixing it, but I, I just didn't give it another chance since then. Cause I don't want to have to play or grind the same, uh, kind of missions, uh, over and over again just to keep up with you guys and that was my main issue but in what what destiny 2 uh hopefully they fix all these things from what i see in the teaser trailer already it looks like it has a lot more personality um to be honest uh it was very sterile uh the regular destiny it didn't like i didn't know what the heck was going on with the story i just know that it's sci-fi we're going to different worlds and we're shooting shit um excuse my language i uh, apologize i'll beat that out later um uh, but the gunplay was great. There was nothing wrong with the gunplay. It's just that I had no investment. It's, sort of, it's similar to Ghost Recon in the sense that uh, it was more fun with friends, for sure. However, what was kind of throwing me um, off is that, like, well, especially coming from 
Bungie is like initially at launch it was only three player co-op and usually we always had a crew of more than three um, and that always seemed like it excluded a person out for co-op uh, experiences there was no matchmaking as well for uh, some of the modes I'm not sure if they fixed that since um, uh, a lot of quality of life things which I would rather have for Destiny 2 there was so much loading uh, especially from going to uh, from tower to planet and back to tower or whatever I wish you could just go from tower to planet not tower to space to space to planet or whatever um, some quality of life things maybe make it one seamless open world which was what Division did pretty well on that aspect there was uh, really no loading um, you could tell where there's loading zones but it doesn't feel like it's loading uh, that aspect I would like um, I would like you know a little bit more clearer understanding on how to upgrade for the end game stuff or at least the grinding aspect make that a little bit more cleaner in terms of the actual grind um, and just a little bit more variety that's pretty much it um, you know the even though I'm comparing it with Ghost Recon, which is nothing like it, even though we're doing the same thing in Ghost Recon, at least it's different venues and areas that we're going to doing the same things uh, compared to Destiny, where we keep going back and doing the same missions and missions over and over again. And I'll, hopefully I'll, uh, I would like some vehicle action outside of just for fast traveling through an area, um, which was, I didn't think it was, I, know, I understand that they added racing, uh, but I would like more variety in terms of uh, that mechanic as well. Well, uh, this almost became a discussion of Destiny 1, but uh, I will say that uh, a lot of what you said has gotten fixed, and some of it was a limitation of it being on the last generation consoles. And so uh, these, these things can change, but at the core of it, it was a game that was meant to be replayed until you kind of mastered it and just gave you different chances to earn different gear. And yes, it was a, a bit too heavy reliant on that in the beginning, um, but ultimately, it was a game that I could just kind of, if if it makes any sense, just kind of shut off my brain, go through the motion, hang out with Mondo, and like just talk and catch up, and just we were on autopilot, and we loved playing the game like that, and just the the mechanics of it were so fun. So what I want is just more storyline. I will agree the story didn't make much sense, but the art direction was great. The the gear looked amazing, and the, there was a sense of progression that you were getting different gear, and it was rare and. All that's gotten better, so I, I got high hopes for this, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more when the full trailer and full, re full reveal comes out. So, Mondo, any last thoughts on Destiny 2? Uh, I want to play as Kate 6. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, I don't, but uh, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, all right, next up on our list here, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. This is the a multi, massively multiplayer online RPG. I'm trying to say MMORPG <laughs> in one mouthful here. Um, but apparently it's now free up until level 35. Who put this story up here, guys? Uh, tell me a little bit more about it. I did. I actually always wanted to get into uh, FF14. It's actually one of the higher rated MMOs out there. Now, if anyone is interested, it's a little bit of uh, easier to access now without having to put any money down. Generally, Final Fantasy 14 requires a monthly subscription, which me personally, I'm not into. I know, you, I think, uh, Ron, you did that at one point for Final Fantasy 11. Uh, but maybe, you know, uh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, throwing it out there that I'm going to give it a shot, uh, see if I like it. And uh, maybe if you guys ever do, we could just join up and try that someday whenever we have time for that. Yeah. Um, it sounds I appealing that it's free now for you to play till level 35. Actually, I do have an account. Uh, I got the Final Fantasy 14 day one. And I played for a good, I want to say, uh, six months. And I was paying month to month. 
Uh, I'm not sure where I am now. Mondo, but, but I, I heard that um, Final Fantasy XIV Day One is completely different. Yeah, from, it like, is. Re, they like they totally remade the game because it oh, was, the wow. first one was so bad. Yep. Um, that they redid it again and started over from scratch. So it might be a totally different experience, maybe even better, uh, since it's the higher rated ones now. Uh, but hmm. I'm going to be willing to give it a shot, and if you guys ever play, just let me know. I'll be down to join you guys. Well, that. guys, I was a huge Final Fantasy XI. That's the kind of predecessor of this game. I played it for almost a year and uh, paid my membership and everything. So the fact that this is free now, I'm highly curious about it. I don't honestly think I will be paying for it, but if I can get to level 35 and just kind of experience some of that content, I'm in, guys. So like, let's see what happens in the summer if there's a kind of break between games, and let's let's try this out. Uh, let me get that uh, Paladin or Paladin. I don't know how you'd <laughs> say it, but I'm in. That's what I want to do. And I just recently read that there's a Red Mage uh, class that popped in, and that was one of my favorites in the earlier Nintendo uh, Final Fantasies. So... Look forward to seeing me as a red mage, guys. Nice. Okay, um, Mafia 3. Is there a demo out here, James? Right. Uh, actually, uh, Mafia 3, in celebration of their new DLC that just came out, uh, released a full-blown demo for the game, which is featuring the first full chapter uh, of Mafia 3. And this, anything you do within this demo uh, get you receive achievements and your progression saved. So if you ever do decide to buy the full game, um, it carries over. I started up uh, a little bit yesterday. I played about an hour, and actually, I'm very, very impressed by the game. I was actually surprised how how super cinematic the game is. It has a different feel and style. The soundtrack right off the bat is great. It starts off with these '60s, um, you know, Jimmy Hen- for for me, anyways. In terms of uh, the menu, main menu screen, it was the Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. Um, but I had a great first impression so far. That first uh, overall mission, the whole. Uh, Look of the game is actually really good. I'm so used to um, Grand Theft Auto V, which is the last gen game that was just cleaned up for the current gen. It is a, a really detailed and beautiful game, and especially the cutscenes, which are super well directed. And uh, it's a good take because it's different. You're not a, a white man <laughs> like in a lot of games. Um, it's you're in a perspective of an African American that came back from uh, looks like Vietnam War, and then during that time period where there's a lot of racism. And bigotry going on, and you're actually thrown into that world, which is uh, a different and unique take on the series. And I'm, I'm, I was normally a fan of the series prior, but this one seems to exceed my expectations uh, uh, so far. I'm really looking forward to going uh, and getting it in the future and finishing it. Well, that sounds awesome. I had no idea this was out. It's funny how I'm getting the news from our own podcast here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is this is good to hear. I actually played uh, Mafia 2 on Xbox 360. And I loved it, and I just was waiting for the price to drop on this one. But for a demo and play the full sh- first chapter, I'm in. Count me in, guys. I'm going to download it as soon as we get off this podcast. Mondo, are you a fan of the Mafia series? Uh, no, uh, I haven't played either one. But I did uh, dabble a little bit in the uh, Mafia 3 demo just now. And uh, it was kind of fun just throwing a dead body to uh, uh, feed a crocodile, which was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, from feeding crocodiles to movies, guys. I know that makes no sense, but uh, we got to move on here. Uh, this is the movie beat, our little segment. We call it movie beat or TV beat or whatever we want it to be beat. Um, Iron Fist, guys, everybody's talking about it, and most of it is negative, um, You know, kind of going off what the critics are saying here. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the episodes. So I'm going to just let you guys kind of go back and forth with it, but – 
who wants to start here, guys? I'll Is this any good? I'll start. Um, I've only seen the first six episodes so far. And uh, you know what? I'm enjoying it. It's definitely not as bad as what everyone is rating it to. I'm not exactly sure. I can see the flaws. This is definitely, I would consider, possibly the weakest in terms of the Marvel Netflix series. Um, not necessarily because it's bad. It's just the story is not as compelling as the other series. Um, from what I get, uh, especially the first two episodes, doesn't give a good impression. But if you give yourself some time to keep going, progressing with the series... Uh, I find it quite enjoyable. Um, the only thing my personal uh, disappointment with it is that it is weird how they focus on some of the villains uh, and their it's, um, their story isn't very. I'm trying to be as spoiler free as possible. Their uh, motivations and uh, story isn't as interesting as it could be, and they focus a lot on them. When I really want to be more interested on uh, Danny Rand, which is the Iron Fist. Um, and some of the acting on those bad on those villains are a little, a little off. And also, I have to admit, uh, Danny, the actor that plays Danny Rand, is a little miscast. Not in a sense. I know the internet is all talk, talking about um, the racism and or whatever on that, but it, it to me it kind of makes no sense because Iron Fist was already a white guy in the comics. It's not like they're replacing an Asian person for the white person. But I do agree that the actual actor himself, uh, maybe the first time that Marvel has kind of miscasted. The main guy he's a little bit uncharismatic i'm not i'm not a fan of the way he acts but you know he's passable and my only other uh, flaw with the first six episodes that i see so far is that i wish the fight scenes were shot a little better um the the they're a little they're a little under par in the sense that they're very um quick cuts and uh not very well choreographed in my opinion but other than that it's it's been enjoyable. I really like the actress that plays Colleen Wing. She's great, and it's probably the best part of the show so far. I'm going to finish mm-hmm. it, and then I'll give uh, the final review in the future podcast. I binged on the uh, entire series, so uh, I'll cover James's uh, first six episodes and the impressions, and I do agree with uh, what he said, basically uh, up and down. Um, you got to give yourself some time. This uh, show does get better, um, and he's right. Sometimes it just... The focus is on these uh, villains, and yeah, I found myself kind of like, okay, these are a, it's a white collar group. So if you're into that, like say uh, the show on USA, white collar, you know, you, you might relate to that. But um, I do agree, some of the action scenes uh, could be better. Um, do you want to focus on like James said, Danny Rand? Well, apparently, I was hearing that he literally got the stunts that he had to coordinate about 15 minutes before he was actually going to film them. So, of course, what can you expect when you have 15 minutes of preparation? So that's probably explained some of that weak action there. Yeah, and some of these fight scenes, it just seems like his kung fu is... uh, I'm not buying it, unfortunately. It it just seems like his hits are, are so weak. Uh, there's not enough force behind his punches. It just seems so so dry. I want to uh, piggyback off Mandu, uh, which is a funny thing. In this series, he's a very powerful character, but he never uses his powers ever. And Come on. It feels very weird. It, well, in the six episodes that I've seen, but it's already half the show already, and you barely use your power. Oh, come uh, on. So it's, that's where it's kind of throwing me off a little yeah. bit. And then they do kind of a... Uh, thing where it's it's kind of like Arrow where they do a lot of flashback to something 
um, and it goes back repeatedly to it. But it's not as interesting as Arrow in a sense that in Arrow it was kind of the mystery of what's going on in the island. This particular series keeps showing the same flashback in the early episodes over and over again, and they have no context, and it's kind of weird. Um, poorly executed, in my opinion. It's not a bad or horrible show whatsoever, but I do agree that it's probably the weakest of the series. But as a, a comic book fan, uh, Ron, and especially since you saw the last three series, might as well finish it so you can do The Defenders, which is coming out next year. I might check it out, at least a couple of the episodes, just to kind of form my own impression. But, uh, you know, if it's not that good, then let's just move on. Uh, apparently, a Justice League trailer was launched recently. Um, who saw it, guys, and what did you think? Uh, I saw it. What about you, Mondo? Um, I saw the little 20-second uh, ones leading into the trailer, and I did see the trailer. Um, honestly, I uh, I want to say I can't wait. I Me do want to see this movie. <laughs> I was actually really surprised, and I'm very, very hyped. It has a lot of potential based just on the trailer. You can tell that they learned a lot of... Uh, of the backlash of Batman vs. Superman and possibly Suicide Squad in terms of its tone. It still has that kind of darker visual look of the Snyderverse, uh, Zack Snyder, but you could tell that it's a lot more, I guess, quote-unquote, fun. They're, these characters now are kind of cracking more jokes as you um, than you would normally see. I, don't, I can't even think of one single funny moment in Batman vs. Superman or uh, at least light humor. In this one, it's full of light and fun. It reminds me of the Justice League Unlimited style of banter uh, from the old cartoons. I'm very excited as of right now, and uh, what I can tell you, Ron, it looks like um, Aquaman may steal the show. Uh, we'll see. Uh, is Zack Snyder directing this? Zack Snyder is directing this, Ugh. but this is uh, post uh, his... Um, uh, he got chewed out, downgrade. didn't he? Well, his downgrade from being the, mm-hmm. s- the head of DC uh, Properties. Um, he got downgraded uh, from that position of overlooking the all of DC property, and Jeff Johns, uh, a uh, popular comic book writer, has taken over for it. And then, as you could see, his influence—he's the one that does the TV shows, um, and he's written great comics, uh, and he knows the characters. So, hopefully, uh, this change is for the better for the future of all of DC expanded universe. We'll see. I—I I am not going to hold my breath. I don't think this is going to be uh, very good, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I got to see the trailer, and I like to see trailers in the movie theater, so that's why I kind of held out on this one, but. Uh, we are running short on time, guys. We're going to finish off with our last section here. This is the Gadget Corner. Anyone here get a new gadget? I, I'd like to start us off here. Uh, for example, I actually got this new controller for my Wii U. Uh, what was the name on it, guys? Where, where the hell did you guys write it down? <laughs> no, it's right here. It's, uh, it's the PowerLead W-Pad yeah. Pro. PowerLead W-Pad Pro. And trust me, the name was even longer, but I cut it off for that. <laughs> and all, all this is is it's, it's a bootleg version of the Wii U Pro Controller. I wanted to save some money. This is a console that I may not have very long. I do want to switch at some point in my future. But I just wanted something that obviously would have a little bit longer battery life than the Wii U tablet. And that would be a little more comfortable to grip. And I have to say I got it for 20 bucks. And for comparison, the Nintendo branded one is twice the price. It would be $40. So I like it, guys. Uh, the battery life is great. I can probably say it's easily six hours, if not longer, um, on the battery life. And it's been working well. The, the D-pad is a little mushy. But – for the most part, you don't need to use it a lot in at least the Zelda that I'm using it to play with. So 
it is a, a good controller that I would recommend. And, and just kind of if you don't want to spend too much money, if you have a Wii U, uh, it's something to think about. And I, and I bet you these things are going to start to crop up for the Switch, and it may, might be a way to save some money. I agree. Um, in terms of, I have a question regarding the controller that you're uh, using. Is it a wired or wireless controller? It is uh, wireless. Oh, wow. And the, the system recognizes it as if it were a Wiimote. Oh, wow. Interesting. Huh. Sounds uh, like it's working out and then, you know, saves some money in the, pro- in the progress and it works just as well. You know, yep. saves some money. Especially uh, on Wii U. <laughs> anyone else have any kind of cool gadgets they want to talk about? Google Pixel just got a new phone. It's uh, it's got a great camera, uh, just like any other cell phone. Uh, I love I love it. It's uh, a different departure from the uh, iPhone 6s that I had, which was like a uh, mini notepad in my pants. Um, this is relatively small. I got the uh, small version, not the uh, over exaggerated tablet version of the uh, Pixel XL. Um, only one issue. Um, I did save a lot of. I did take a lot of photos with you guys when we were hanging out at one point. But then, uh, unfortunately, uh, I had to sign in into my uh, Google account, and then all my photos just kind of went away. That that was really disappointing. So it didn't recognize the photos you took until you signed in, and then it deleted them. Correct. That's stupid. That's kind of weird. Yeah. That's Android stuff right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, us Android users are numbering you in this room right now. (laughs) Yeah, look, I I will say uh, there's a coworker that has it, and uh, I will never buy an Android phone, but I'm going to give it a lot of respect for the night photography on this camera is insane. And uh, I was actually like doing the Pepsi challenge because I have a, a 7 Plus. Uh, with my coworker, and we were both side by side, took the exact same photo, and his looked infinitely better. Um, so it's an amazing camera, but uh, I will never get an Android phone. So that's that's where I'm at. I just want to throw in a quick uh, news update that the S8 Galaxy has just been revealed, and it does look very nice. It's all screen, edge to edge, OLED. Uh, very impressive so far. Can't wait to see how it looks in person. Yeah, I did see some photos of that. Um, it looks like kind of going without bezels on the sides and even on the top and bottom to some extent is the, is the wave of the future. And I guarantee you the upcoming iPhone will do just that, if not more. So Let's hope so. A lot the, of, that's the main issues with the iPhones. There's a lot of bezel for this real estate. For example, that new S8 is the same footprint as the, uh, the 7 Plus, but it's 0.7 bigger screen plus higher resolution. So... Apple has no excuse to not match that. So hopefully it's like that in the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, we are running long on time here, but I just want to thank everyone for listening if you've made it this far. And, uh, you know, give, cut us some slack a little bit here. It's our first episode, and, and, and let us know what you think. And uh, go ahead and uh, send us some comments or emails. Uh, if you listen to it, it's probably you know us already. <laughs> and uh, tell us, uh, uh, you guys, where they can follow you or uh... – you know, thanks for me. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Cryonic X, C R Y O N I C X. And if you want to add me on Xbox, it is Cryonic EFX. Well, if you want to add me on Xbox, I am Grit, G R I T T, on Xbox and PS4 as well. Uh, same here. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Mondonium. M-O-N-D-O-N-I-U-M. Uh, that's the same on my Twitch account when I stream. Also, Beam account. 
but I'll be mostly on beam. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me scratch that beam. It's Mondonium 24, because I love the Lakers so much, and Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, also on Instagram, also at Mondonium, and on Xbox One, Mondonium as well. PS4, though, it is Mondo underscore Rage. Okay, well, uh, good night, everyone. Good night.